Hello? Hello? Hello, I can't hear you. Are you there? There, I, I hear audio now. Okay, wait. Hello, are you, hello. Wait, hold on one second. Are you trying to sell me extended car warranty or solar panels right now? How do you know? <laughs> I've I've gotten fifteen of those phone calls today. Like you would not believe, freaking crazy. Why are we doing the? Uh, why are we doing no video? We're not going to do video. Uh, so we are streaming in the background right now. Um, but he is unable to get in his studio at this time in the evening. So he is uh, doing on the podcast, and I'm also streaming this. Everybody is saying what's up to you guys right now. Uh, Apache Wolf, Rando, Peyton, everyone's saying what's up, Doug. Obligatory chicken bone comment. Did you hmm. say they're saying, are they saying fuck you guys? Is that what you said? No, 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 no. They're, no. Saying, they're saying what's up. <laughs> oh, Okay. No, Hang on, let me. Tr- I'm gonna turn off this heater. I can't hear very good. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Hey, Mr. Johnny B. Oh, hey Johnny guys, how's B. it going? Going good, brother. Hey, let me ask you a quick question before we get any further into this podcast. Uh, yep. We typically have a pretty good success rate with doing the live stream off of the cell phones, whether Apple or Android. Um, okay. We could go to uh, video, and it kind of sounds like Doug wants to do video. Uh, if you'd be, at- I just assumed that we would. Yeah, uh, I'm not at my studio tonight. I was, uh, I was told that I was going to be on audio only tonight. Okay, yeah. no, that's fine. If you didn't get your hair did tonight, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, that was me. Um, just time wise, uh, you know, it didn't work for him, so we want to honor his time and. You know, get rolling. We got a lot of comments coming in on uh, YouTube stream, but uh, the beautiful thing is that we're all here uh, together. So thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, glad yeah, to be here. You. Appreciate it. Yeah. By the way, you got you got a spectacular dialect. Your da- your dialect is fantastic. You talking about my dialect or my accent? <laughs> the di- well, the dialect. You you can't have an accent if you're you have to be in another country to have an accent. <laughs> Is that what the dialect means? Got to be in another country to have an accent. Have you been to Alabama? Ah, (laughs) touche, touche, sir. Yeah, the 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 all the dialects are really. uh, I'm like way into that stuff. I think that's so fascinating. All over the United States, Uh, like just just there's so many. You know, there's so even in Missouri. Like I'm in Missouri, and here it's so many. You've got like St. Louis, St. Like old St. Louis, where people say like Fark. They'll say like Fark and Warsh, and then you've got like all the way down into like Ozarks, which is uh, I won't even I won't even try to do it. And then you've got, of course, Tennessee, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas. It's a wonderful world of sports. Yeah, I, I always laugh because people tell me Floridians have accents, and I'm like, depends on what part of Florida you go to. Either you have like a, a northern accent, a southern accent, or somewhere in between. But we never really truly have southern draw unless you're like in uh, backwoods, backwoods Florida. So That's I mean, what people it, say about Virginia too, but I don't shit. I don't hear a uh, I don't hear an accent. <laughs> hey, but my wife, who's from Seacliff, Long Island, yeah, she's got an accent. Oh yeah, the water. 
Oh, you've you got the Long Island. Water. Oh, I love, I love that. I love like the all the Boston Long Island and uh, what's the other one? It's really good. It's not like, really crazy. Good. Like you can see the harbor from the second floor. You know, like oh. uh, like Boston. Like you know. That's anyway, so uh, Mr. Johnny B, man, uh, this is dark. By the way, uh, we got Light and Dugan on the line, and. Uh, you know, definitely been a fan of yours and your work, and we appreciate you. So, uh, talk about some uh, some things you got going on, uh, some projects. Um, you know, I'd love to kind of learn more about like the, you know, um, the inside scoop. Who's the man behind YouTube? <laughs> the man behind YouTube? You talking about the the, uh, the wizard? You wonder about the wizard? <laughs> yes, I want to know about the wizard, man. You're freaking awesome, dude, and. I know you keep some of your, uh, a lot of your stuff uh, close to the vest, like we all do. But like genuinely, at first when I started watching you, I, I, I kind of wasn't a fan in the beginning, and then like well, great, I appreciate or, that. Thanks, third, man. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to feel really good about myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> like that. Like the third or fourth video I watched, I'm like, you know what? I, I understand this guy now. I can actually see where he's coming from, and I I I, I didn't know how to take you at first. Cause I'm used to a lot of YouTubers being shills or, you know, this or that. And I'm like, you know what? No, this dude's genuine. Like I appreciate that. And I appreciate how you build your brand and how you act towards your brand. And you make sure that you don't get canceled and your voice keeps on raining out there to be able to talk to other people, man. I, I like that. Well, I really appreciate that. I get about a thousand messages a day across all the platforms and I do my best. Like some days I get every one of them read. I don't I, you know, of course I don't respond to a 10th of them, but it's one thing that I hear continuously is, Hey Johnny, I can identify with you. Like, cause I'm kind of in the middle, like, like people I'm from generation Z or generation X. And the thing about generation X, like I understand the boomers, like I grew up around the boomers and I'm just as cranky as they are. And yeah. But I'm still I'm on the still have a foot within pop culture and stuff. And people are like Johnny, I get it. I see where you're coming from, because I don't identify with the meat eating Delta Force Navy SEALs, and that's just not how I grew up. And what those is guys the are... generation? So like between X and Z, just because I because I'm sure people are fuzzy on it. So what generation are we talking? I about? am I am Generation X. I'm in between Z and the the Boomers. Wait, so uh, 1984. What generation is that? 84, you're way past Gen, Gen X. That's Gen Z's. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm tired of people saying 84 is millennial. I'm like, no, oh, hell no. No, hell no, 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 no. Bro, I'm 87, <laughs> and though I don't identify as a millennial, <laughs> I sadly uh, fall into that pot. No, the millennials are all out of college now. They're, like, grown. Like, a lot of people, when they talk millennials, they, they're, they, they're talking about teenagers, but they're wrong. Like, the teenagers are so past that, so much younger. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a funny thing with the generational thing because we have different perspectives and that's not like something I made up. We all know that we see things differently. I was reading this afternoon about book burning and that hits me different than it hits, you know, maybe people, my kids age, I have two teenagers and they've never been around that kind of stuff or the silencing, the cancel culture now is just palpable. Whereas when we were kids, you could actually have an opinion. It's stuff. scary. It's pretty scary. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. It's absolutely it's pretty, terrifying. Yep. It's what's terrifying is thinking about like when all these uh, you know knuckle draggers are all dead and everybody that's left is uh, you know the, the people that are 
kind of like the consumer, the, the newest consumer tech culture, thinking about them like taking the world into their hands when all the knuckle draggers are dead. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know. It seems kind of uh, dim. Well, as of today, and I'm sure y'all have seen this in the news today, that Hasbro, the toy company Hasbro, announced today <laughs> that they are making Mr. Potato Head beginning now. He's going to be gender neutral. And I don't what? care what a private company does. Yeah, it's now going to be rebranded as Potato Head in case he wants to have a same-sex family and that allows children to have same-sex uh, Potato Head and Potato Head together. And on one hand, you know, okay, they're a private company that can do whatever the frick they want to do. But on the other hand, we are losing the fabric of who we are. Yeah. And, yeah. like, we can't have anything. Like, it's not that we can't just have nice things anymore. We can't have our own identity as red-blooded Americans. People say that white people don't have culture. I identify as white. I am white. It's who I am. And they say, hey, you know, we're our culture is just, you know, just a bunch of uh, misogynists or a bunch of, you know, angry white guys. Of course, the left just put another one in the Oval Office. But my point is, is my culture is slowly being erased. You're not allowed to be a Boy Scout anymore. You're not allowed to like red meat anymore. You're not allowed mm -hmm. to be a hunter or a fisher or anything that kills. The only thing you're allowed to do is be subservient to the far left. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I mean, hey, Johnny. It seems like that. Yeah. Hey, Johnny, uh, give you a heads up to add on the whole potato head thing. They're actually releasing out uh, with the non-denominational, uh, non non-binary potato, um, a potato family, which comes with enough stuff in there to make a all, you know, daddy, daddy, and two boys, mommy, mommy, two girls, you know, a whole composite family out of potatoes, however you see the world to be fit. And honestly, I have no issue with how <laughs> people raise kids and this and that, but at the end of the day, no, I agree with you 100%. You know, they're 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 taking away from uh, and like you said, they say white people have no culture. But, you know, there is a steady culture of hunting and here in Florida. We have, you know, people and I'm part of, you know, part of it, you know, going out hog hunting, alligator hunting, this and that we have we all have culture. But, you know, we are, you know, what's being basically looked at right now as the the bad guys and trying to be you know a, a a new societal norm being put in place and basically taken away from what we have because you can't have and white pride not meaning anything and you know racist or anything else like that but you can't have pride in your southern heritage or your country life or this or that and that that hurts my freaking feelings man even the way you just said that like as the words were coming out you said you know you can't even have white pride and you stopped and you went oh no no you know i don't mean anything by that i don't mean anything by that because that's a scary yeah. thing to say these days anybody yep. else on this planet can have a pride in their country can have to be able to be say, you know what, I'm kind of proud to be from Appalachia. You know, we're not that bright, but you know, at least we survive. And no, you're not allowed to say that anymore. And we can't even have freaking Mr. Potato Head these days. Like, I'm getting fed up. I don't know what I'm going to do about it, but I'm getting towards the end of my patience. I think Maybe everybody is, and, and they're feeling it everywhere. And I think you hit something on the head, but in a way that you probably didn't expect me to look at this. So the when you talk about like the culture of people, right? So when we're talking about, I mean, it's essentially anybody, anybody that 
identifies with the uh, establishment of the United States, with the you know the, the post colonies. The the entire identity is based around rebellion and around you know casting off King George, and that's the that's the fundamental everything encapsulated into the identity. Every every other identity that somebody would come up with is an extension of that. You know that came afterwards, after the security from rebellion was established, and the I think it's really important what you said how it feels like you can't have an identity anymore because particularly for the United States, I mean, it's also true for places in Europe, but particularly for the United States, you can't have the American identity or like a white American identity because it is centered around rebellion, like rebellion of the crown. You see, you see what I mean? Like it doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't exist apart from it. And so therefore it has to be destroyed. It's the very thing that made us who we are. And I'm, I'm, I'll totally give you the idea of, you know, we are, we are centered around being rebels. As long as we can put a big smack, you know, big dollop of an ingredient in that, that is a big chunk of it was religious freedom. Like we are going to start our own country and get out of this freaking Holland because we want no one to tell us who we can worship, how we can worship. So it's about being rebellious and going towards freedom. And we're at the point now where I'm starting to identify more with Hong Kong than I do some of the things in my own culture. Look what Hong Kong is up against. I mean, we're having the majority of their population. This is unheard of. The majority of their population this week was in the streets. We can't get a majority of our people to like to do anything, even to vote. Like, Not unless it's incredible. they're paid. Not, yeah. yeah, unless they're paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing we can get the majority of our people to do is to hold a, a device, like a cell phone. Yep. It's about that's it. true. That's well, and that's it actually, consuming. The idea is we're all consumers and having a cell yeah. phone is is the lifeblood of consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it actually is. got to the point where I, I saw this is, you know, when kind of we were in the heat of the uh, the riots and BLM and um and all the riots we were dealing with kind of you know, nationwide civil unrest. The shit when we were in the we were in the shit. Dark. Yeah, when we were in pure <laughs> fucking shit sandwich territory, excuse my language, and um, basically uh, my buddy sent me a, a picture and it said um, from um, what's that that uh, company that that makes all the kid like playhouses and stuff. Uh, I, I can't Fisher remember. Price. Yeah, Fisher Price, and it was like uh, you know your kid's first uh, protest, and it includes a, <laughs> a, a house with. Uh, uh, kerosene that they can burn down and you know reassemble and I was like oh my like I thought it was real for a second and then Johnny I, heard, I think like... you actually had Johnny I think you actually uh, shown that on one of your uh, spicy Fridays yeah I have the... and any, any yeah. yeah any nonsense <laughs> from the internet has probably flown through spicy Friday at some point I love the point that that we just made is that the very thing that makes us who we are we are rebels at our core is now what they're trying to take away from us. We can't even exercise the very thing that we are. But it's so now it's being taken away. It's so dangerous that they can't allow people to identify that that is their identity. And so they have to use, you know, supplemental facades of like, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. Is anything at all except that you are, that you rebel against the king, you know? And that's, that's like, that's what's so fascinating about the whole thing is that people can get wrapped up and distracted into uh, like dumping energy into like defending straw man arguments and positions that don't even exist that can get created out of thin air. 
so that they don't put any energy into thinking about like who who is the king like, you know like what what is this kid like my rights are being taken away right now they're being assaulted i can't i don't have any uh governmental or or political body that wants to identify this or like like search it and we have no ability to have like a public forum where we say okay let's all get together and like draw a map here and uh i think that's what's so fascinating about it. Well, we've, I, you know, this is, show is not at all about left versus right, and my channel is very much not, you know, Republicans are awesome and Democrats are bad. I don't think like that, and I think the, the bifurcated system or the two-party system is just a bunch of nonsense. I think anybody that goes to Washington yeah. is a criminal by the time they leave, if not before they get there. Yeah, here, here, here. So, yeah, I can't stand any of them. However, for the last four years, they hated the king. They hated everything about the king and, you know, you know, it was all about resisting, resisting, resisting. And then, bam, instantly on January 20th, we are now expected to heal and come together. They stood with how many candles on, this, on the Capitol building this week, surrounded by candles in silence, wearing their stupid masks, going, we want the entire nation to follow the king. And if you do anything that's a dissent to king biden the child sniffer you do anything to him you are now you know you're you are now completely persona non grata and it's absolutely terrifying but and they are silencing anyone that's standing against him johnny johnny i hey johnny I, oh go ahead okay, I'll, I'll try to be quick so do you do you do you get the impression that that is like i complete i completely agree with your assessment in that i can completely see what you're saying do you see an element of that or an angle of that where it's like the leftist thing, the, the leftist identity and the, uh, like the, the seemingly centered position that it has in um, like when it takes, when it takes hold, when the Democrats win and then they're, they're like suddenly all in power and then the media goes on board, the intellectuals go on board, all the academia, all the people that are, you know, actively suppressing rights get on board with it and they're like, oh, this is just great. And then when it was the Republican, they're like, oh, it was, you know, it was, you know, Holocaust. Like, we, this is terrible. And then they get the they get the Biden in and they're like, oh, it's fantastic. What a relief. Do you see an element of that that seems fake? Because I used to feel, I used to see the way that you see, or the way that you described it. I saw that genuinely for the last, for, for a while now. Like, I, when I see the left swing in, I see completely funded like a, like a, like a show, you know what I mean? Like a show in order to like, in other words, in other words, the way that I would describe the country is that the money power has uh, bribed everyone in the United States by making them uh, not able to care for themselves and have to be dependent on money. And the people that are directly accountable to that, like they can't go a day without, you know, a handout or whatever, in whatever form it may be, they are the left. So they're, they're like center to the trough of like feeding. And then the right would be like the people that haven't been caught by the net yet. And so they just use the left that will do anything that they say to act as the pivot point to uh, like pry against the people that are holdouts. And then they use the identity of like the, the right to like encapsulate them so that they can't be feral and like go free. They're like still, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. You can have your right, you know, identity and your, your conservative identity, but keep it in this corral. 
and then we're going to pinch it a little bit. And then next next term, we'll pinch it a little bit more and we'll bring in the walls. Do you ever do you see that at all? Or am I just smoking crack here? No, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I think there's an element of that. I also think there's a serious element of, you know, back in the day, like remember when Newt Gingrich had the entire, the deal he was trying to push through and he made the, the deal with America. And remind me of what that is. I, I was young when Gingrich was around. It was Gingrich. It was Gingrich standing up to fight against Bill Clinton and all of his nonsense. Oh, okay. Okay. And he made Newt Gingrich made a, what was called the contract with America. And he was fighting all, I mean, he was fighting all sorts of stuff. We think we have it bad now, which we do. He had it bad then. I don't think, I mean, I think Newt Gingrich is a lot of things, but it's an interesting time period. My point is this, the guys that he was fighting against and that the right wings were fighting against, they were believers. Like they were, they were, if let me use the word patriots for the left, they were all believers. I think part of what you're saying now with the money and everything, I think a big chunk of the left and left politicians, they don't believe anymore. They're just doing what they're told in lockstep one with another because if you get out of line, they will end you. Right. We saw at the 2018, yeah. the 2018 State of the Union when all of the squad and all of those women came out in Congress, the congressional women, all the congressional Dems came out and they were all wearing white. They're white stand robes. Up. Yeah. yeah. And there was a couple women that chose to speak, and you can literally see them on video whipping around. You see the ones in white whipping around and silencing the moderates. And it's a thing like you had better get in line, and they will ride you as long as you're valuable. But once the ship starts sinking, they will cut you loose. Over the last month, they have now cut loose Governor Cuomo in New York, and they're all piling on him. Even the late-night shows are starting to make fun of him. So – I think we're losing the idea of, of people being believers, and now it's more of the the money and the protection is coming from on high. And I don't think the DNC is even charge of themselves anymore. I don't either, but that's that's kind of what I mean. Like, doesn't it feel like doesn't it feel a little bit like you know this entire thing is like a show, and the actual point of it is just you know we're we're or we were an extreme, I and mean, we still are. But in terms of you know our disposition of the United States, both geographically being coast-to-coast secured and only have to worry about north to south and having the Atlantic Ocean between us and Europe, we're in like a, we're in a position uh, with geography and agriculture and minerals to be a powerful nation. And so it's like we don't really need anything from anywhere else. And it doesn't make any sense for the concept of socialism to come from anywhere because when we started, we had everything. So like we had to be swindled into like everybody giving away their farms and going to the coast and packing in the coast. And then after that, then you start getting like the crazy post-World War II, you know, social uh, uh, engineering experiments where they start like introducing communism and stuff like that. And now it's like, it's like the, it's like the completely mainstream, but it also feels like the, the opposition to it the Republicans is, is like completely controlled opposition. Like there is no, like there's no, there's no fight other than like a fake fight that'll be staged. That'll have, you know, real people in it that, that don't know any better, but that is just there to, you know, cause they don't want like a feral fight where it's like, we're actually all swinging for the fences. They want something controlled. And it, it it's a, a puppet, puppet show. show. And, and within that, yeah. within that, it's like, it's like, you really get the, or at least for me, I don't want to speak, I don't want to speak for you. I'm just, you know, for me, I see it like there's no way 
to destroy a country that's as conventionally powerful as our as ours, except for by the exact means that it's being destroyed, which is like a confusing... yeah, destroy with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we destroy ourselves. Yeah. Yep, willingly. I'll let Johnny answer that, and then I I have a, a kind of a question and a statement that I want to bring up uh, about all this, uh, kind of like my viewpoint, and then a question for Johnny. So I'll let you answer that. I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, I do I do agree with the public statement. I do agree that in many ways it's just one one party fighting the other. I I read on somebody random person on Reddit this morning said something that just kind of struck home with me that regardless of the situation we're talking about, whether it's immigration. Or I mean, take any any major situation. There is always going to be a mass amount of people. The majority of the people will say it's all the Democrats' fault, and all the Democrats will say it's all the Republicans' fault. It is the two-party system, and the rich get richer. Richer. The greatest trick the rich ever did was to con- convince us that it's poor people's fault. Yeah. And like whatever the situation is, oh, if the people in the ghetto would just start working, then everything will be okay. Now the corporations are doing their thing. Look at what's taken place. And I think it's a great example. What's taken place during the great COVID is that mom and pop shut down. Walmart stays open and Amazon grows at record oh. amounts. Amazon is having the greatest years they ever. Clean house. And the billionaires, yeah. yep, the billionaires get richer. And I am not a leftist. I don't want to, you know, tax the billionaires and, and redistribute the wealth. That's not my point. I'm saying that the game is Yeah, rigged. you don't you don't have to convince yeah. me. Like I I you know, here here we're pretty comfortable in understanding of the idea of you know, like if you, like like your economic in terms of economics broadly, in a general sense, to not confuse people, like for, the idea of free economics has been convoluted to the point where we, you know, in the United States, our economic system is socialist. Like if you if you break it down mechanically on a whiteboard and you look at how money is created at the Federal Reserve and how it how it connects to the individual working man and the sweat that he puts into an hour of work. Like our our system is communist. They just don't they don't call it communist, and they go through about you know four hand washings so that you you know it's difficult to uh, like trace it. But it's it's pretty obvious over time when you know something that you bought for five dollars becomes fifteen dollars and then thirty dollars. You know, like you you see that the the value of your work lags behind while the price of the goods that you're purchasing increases. And so we're we're familiar with this concept, and we're familiar with the idea of like, you know, having a, a protected class that is a, you know, a kingdom, so to speak, right? Like to use a, uh, like a code word. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a monarchy, like a, like a global monarchy. And, you know, the, the, the facade that they put on is one of free enterprise, but it's in fact the exact opposite, you know, and, and, and people can't just, compete where they go and make businesses because we have so many regulatory controls where people can't just, you know, use their God-given ability to create and to uh, uh, see what needs to be done. They have to be dictated what is done through regulatory control by the EPA, by OSHA, by, you know, taxation. Yeah, again, the game is absolutely rigged. The, the stock market is a slot machine for the billionaires. And if it goes down, it gets propped up by the government. The airlines get propped up. Big car mm-hmm. companies get propped up. It is absolutely rigged. And here I sit in as a middle-class person working 12 hours a day. 
and glad to do it. I want to be left alone. I'm, you know, I identify with the pilgrims coming over here. Just leave me the frick alone. But again, third time, the system's rigged. Yeah. Hey, okay. So let me interject here. So, Johnny, I, I saw that um, today on your um, on on your uh, video on YouTube, you were talking about the greater um, uh, what is it? Greater yeah, Idaho. Yeah, Greater Idaho. We're gonna, they're going to put it to a vote. Yes. Uh, dude, I'm I'm legit like excited about that. I think that's uh, pretty cool, and that'd be like amazing to see you know state lines change just because of people's viewpoints now one thing that i want to bring up because we talked about china earlier and uh i'm just going to bring up something you know from the previous past that uh dugan has brought up and we've talked about is when trump comes back i honestly i'm what? not sure if we whoa, can, whoa, 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 if, when if, trump comes back hold, hold on hold, hold on hold on hold on if 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 he does come back, he might not be the great one. You just switch prepositions. Day, is it is is it when or if? I I'm not oh sure. Oh my gosh, we'll, we'll figure my, it out. My but, hand, my face is on, in my I'm hands. Sorry. Oh my gosh. When <laughs> Trump comes hey, back, that's my bad. That's my bad. But let me throw this out there. So basically, uh, we're pushing for transgender for men to become more feminine and all these other things. And during the Trump time period. He was saying, hey, China's our greatest th- uh, threat. We have to worry about China. China's trying to take over Hong Kong, Taiwan, all this other crazy stuff. They're going to try to go after the world. Well, here in the States, uh, we can obviously see where everything is starting to subside too and give power back to uh, China. And China, in their country, they're telling all the men that they need to become more masculine and become more manly. Uh, and I think it's funny because here stateside, they're telling us to become more feminine and back off of aggression and not be boys will be boys. And in China, they're saying you have to be stronger. You have to be stronger. I, I Do you think that there's you're actually asking if the, a, do the components match up? Be, there? That's what you're asking. Right. Do the components match up? And the way I see them matching up is that we're tucking tail and giving China – uh, the free reign and we're no, that's not what you're asking. Them. That's not what you're uh, asking. It, you're asking. Okay. I can see it in your question. You're asking, does our puzzle piece match the inversion of their puzzle piece? That's what you're asking. Yeah, exactly. It, does it match the inversion? Do you think that? I mean, I'm I'm sorry if I put you on the spot in with the whole Trump thing. Yeah, you put me on the spot. It's hilarious when Trump makes a comeback. <laughs> like he will be almost 80 years old when when the next election comes around. The dude lives on McDonald's. But I think. <laughs> but I don't think he'll be sleeping in a basement at 80 years old. He can't <laughs> even get Adderall. a Twitter account right now. The dude has no voice right now. And well, that's actually there's a, there's a piece to that that you know. I, I want to touch on it in a moment, but please go ahead. Uh, and to be clear, I voted for Trump four times and I would vote for him again right now. Like I'm not voting for Hillary and I'm not voting for a man that sniffs children. So wait, hold on a second, Johnny. You said four times. Yeah, we, we have a thing called um, primaries in this country and it's an opportunity for the common oh, okay. man to have their okay. voice being heard. And I, I thought I thought you made your own mail in ballot. Uh, no. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> voted 17 times. No. 
the, he's not making a comeback. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about him making this great comeback, and I would vote for him right now. But he's going. He lives on McDonald's. Where, where did he you is hear? An overweight. What did I hear? The, uh, like, what did you hear about? You said you keep hearing about his comeback. Where, I'm curious where you heard. Well, I've heard everything. You mean you talking about all the the conspiracies where like he's in control of the military right now? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the QAnon, the QAnon stuff. Yeah, no. we're not talking about QAnon. I, I have no idea. I just, previously. I just want to hear. I just want to hear what you <laughs> what you heard and what was most loud in terms of uh, like how you, when you said I, I hear about how he's going to come back. I hear everything. There is a mass contingent that thinks you know he'll just run again in twenty twenty four, like the. He ran in 2020 and got destroyed by a fraudulent voting system. And I don't think anybody like the guy still has the child sniffer still has armed guards all the way around the White House. And they for the most popular president in history, it's not possible. And so for people to say, well, we'll just have another fair election in 2024. They are not going to give him a voice. He can't even get a social media account right now. So, and I'm not anti-Trump. I'm pro-Trump. I voted for him. So, but so what do you think? I'm here. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me, was there more? Well, we're not going to touch the Q stuff. I mean, the, there's a bunch of uh, goofballs yeah. that think he's going to, you know, ride in with the generals and we'll have a military coup, which is laughable. Right. I, I want to get more on the China stuff right now, and then we can hop on something else, and I'll take a back seat. Oh, I just wanted to throw in there, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the fact that this is dark, by the way, the fact that, uh, you know, he can't even get a Twitter account right now. And, you know, we're watching the constant and consistent just destruction of our rights, including the First Amendment, even to the point where, you know, the the president at this point, former president, can't even get a uh, Twitter account. And and now we're seeing that the the uh, white military-aged male that's rebellious, that is armed, is seemingly becoming the target. And uh, now anyone that is, uh, you know, right of center or supported Trump or, you know, whatever, contributed to certain campaigns or whatever it may be to identify you as being right of center, you're now being looked at as a domestic terrorist. And that, I feel like, is setting up the culture of our country to be so toxic because we've already had the complete bifurcation of our country to divide us purposely by design. And now that we're, you know, design, uh, divided. You're saying, you're saying we're now primed. we see who you're, the saying, you're saying we're primed and then we're given, yeah. we're given the enemies. Now what, what uh, for, for Johnny, a kind of a curveball here, curveball. Okay. What, what would you think if Trump did come back? I'm not against it. I just think I've, like 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 let me let me let I me don't... let me set it up for you like a like a preface. So you turn on the news tomorrow morning, and uh, the 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 conservative media runs a story, and they're like, we have at you know we have stacks of papers, uh, completely detailing fraudulent elections. Trump won for sure. We've caught everybody. We've been running a secret sting operation involving twenty thousand law enforcement official. Uh, Trump rightfully has the, the White House, so we're putting it back in. Here you go. And then they publish it all. Like, what, what would you think about that? I think it'd be good for my YouTube channel, and I think I would end up making money <laughs> off of it. I'd, here's, here's my thoughts with Trump is 
I feel like the things he did for our country are not the things that are sexy and get airtime. I think it's the trade deals. It's standing up to China. It's all of that stuff, like the surveillance that he put in that the child sniffer has already taken out. The stuff that he did was so good for our country, but it's not what people talk about. That's part of me. So, you know, we're, all of us are complicated. I don't want to say, hey, I'm a Republican. No, I'm so mad at the Republican Party. I'm probably more mad at them right now than I am I think, Democrats. I think if, you're, I think if yeah. you're in a conflicted position politically as an American citizen right now, you're actually, you're actually in the higher echelon of, like, not being brain dead. You know? Like, people... Yeah, and I won't even say that I'm conflicted. I'm not even remotely conflicted. I am a single-issue voter, and here's where I get get challenged in that i love trump he stood up to isis he stood up to china he said let's let's fix our borders and he's put said you know what something crazy gonna be crazy y'all let's put america first wild but here's the deal is he was he's a 45 year lifetime democrat who saw an opportunity the pendulum always swings coming after eight years of obama he knows that the republicans are going to win and he also knows if he will just say the right things, he'll get voted in, which he did. I supported him. I still support him. But as a single-issue voter, which I am, I am unequivocal a single-issue voter, and that's, that's when I say that, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not delineating anything in my brain other than this one issue, which is Second Amendment rights, is he did not help the Second Amendment. So you say, how would I feel if he came back? You know, on some levels, China and the borders, all right, cool. We're going to take our masks off and get Wall Street back up and running. I, and However, I'm, I'm as sorry. far as Second Amendment, no. I would rather somebody that supports the Second Amendment be in the I office. think that what you just said is probably is probably it, the most important. I mean, it's a very moral moral thing <clears throat> to uh, have have the center – like in a time of deception, of great deception, and in a time where uh, especially we have social, social conflict – that hasn't been seen for a long time. It's really, it's really never been this bad in the history of the United States. I mean, the sixties looked like they were bad. It really wasn't the same thing. at all. Like we're, 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 we're on the brink. And, uh, well, don't forget the U S military was literally on the streets in LA. That's in true. That's like, true. Literally, but that could, that could, that could happen. So there's that could happen times. though. That could happen again. It could go worse. What I mean is the, what I mean is like the, the potential energy. That's there, right? Like the potential. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that, that's what's that's what's that's well what's said. Bad. The uh, the second the Second Amendment being uh, uh, like a primary, you know, like red line is a very moral position because we can really be tricked and we can really be deceived. And as long as we hold that, it's like even if it gets really, really, really terrible, very tyrannical, we can still at least you know, at least have the idea of fighting back, right? As long as we, ha- as long as we have the guns. And so I think, I think that's a very noble and uh, moral position. Well, they're terrified of, of the plebeians being armed. Terrified. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and they, that is one of their, I mean, the, Joe's not kidding when he says he wants to disarm America. He is not kidding at all. And the incoming attorney general has already said he's going to help yeah, with you, that. And you don't so have to convince me. They're yeah, they're not going to disarm us. Like, they're not getting my generation. My generation, we will not give up the guns. We will go to the street and nope. fight. Not anytime soon. But where they're going to get us is the next generation. Because kids aren't in the woods anymore. Kids don't no. shoot anymore. And it's going to get so hard and so expensive to own guns. I was... That they're... Yep. Yeah. 
I've explained to my kids, no matter what age they are, and you know my uh, my family members' kids, and I've you know me and my friends have shown them you know firearm safety, shown them what they can do, the dangerousness of them, uh, the practical you know capa- uh, capacity of them for hunting or even self defense, and you know it's truly about educating the next generation not allowing social media and all these other talking heads out there to be able to influence your kids and get them to turn around and, um, and basically betray you. Like uh, the two kids that turned in their parents that went to the, the Capitol riots, you know, whatever it may be. But I mean, they're, they're trying to turn this into a, you know, like a uh, German style kind of uh psychological warfare in my opinion where they have your own children turning against you and the neighbors uh and basically ratting you out if you're a you know a patriot if you're an independent you don't want violence or anything else like that but at the same time you don't want anybody to infringe upon your rights or anybody else's rights or independence like east germany type of uh deal you're right yeah Hey, Johnny, um, let me ask you a quick question. Let's just kind of break from uh, the seriousness that we've been at, because typically we start off lighthearted and then get into So when Trump stuff. takes over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. <laughs> let, him, let him get to that. No. Um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me get to that. Uh, but basically, uh, we've had uh, Matt CRS Firearms, Cody Wilson, James Reeves on. And Plus, now we're honored just let, to have you on. Just let also. Johnny talk. Johnny have go. another big one. <laughs> oh my god! Damn it! I'm sorry. By the way, uh, Matt with CRS right now <laughs> is uh, in the chat. So huge shout out to uh, Matt with uh, CRS. What's up, brother? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Johnny. I'm sorry I'm for. You. I'm sorry. What was for the being question? The I, I don't even know. Like, I can't even get past the Trump. The Trump. Situation. That's. I think. I think. I, I think that's what. Like, I, I want to know where you. You. You kind of jokingly said. You kind of jokingly said, like, "Oh, my. My YouTube will be, you know, spiking. You know, obviously. But like, what? Like, like how? Imagine that situation in your head, and how would you? How would you uh, receive that? And how would people around you in your community, the people that you know, that are, you know, that you interface with, how would they perceive that? Do y'all remember how tired we were at the end of George Bush's eight years? Like the press had hammered him and hammered him and hammered him. And it just got to the point. I remember even my mom one time saying, I just feel sorry for him. I just hope that, you know, I just hope we can get him on out of here because I'm so tired. And I think it comes down to the word fatigue. And because Obama had eight solid years where he was literally untouchable and he's still untouchable. The whole time that he and Big Mike were in the White House, the press never would like ask them anything. Like you cannot touch Obama to this day. If people will just Google how many children did Obama kill, it's right there. Like he killed he he loves he that dude loves some drone strikes. Oh yeah. But there was no fatigue yeah. at the end of his because it was all happy, 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 happy times. Other than the endless oil wars. I think I'm so tired. Even after four years of Trump, I think people are fatigued. And I think, honestly, this is going to be a short answer. I think people would be like, oh, crap, here we go again. 
the talk, the late night talk shows. It's all they're going to talk about. The press. It's all they're going to talk about. Here we go. When they go back to a Republican, with, the next Republican, if or Trump. Well, you said if they if Trump comes in, yeah. But you're um, saying it's cyclic too. I think if we, but the media would be loving it. You're saying, I didn't you're saying that. it's cyclic also. As in the, it is cyclical. I mean, it always the pendulum always swings. Other than GW GHW Bush getting elected on the heels of Reagan, that was just on Reagan's coattails. It always swings. It goes from Carter to Reagan. It goes from Reagan. And, you know, Reagan did get a Bush in there, but it was going to go from Bush to Clinton. It's going to go from Clinton back to Bush, then to Obama. It is cyclical. I think there is a chance, and you heard it here, maybe probably not first, but second or third. You heard it here, that there will never be another Republican elected in the America as we know. Oh, yeah, I agree. That could be, yeah. that could be the end. I, I, I think we may be at the end of the Republican Party. Uh, having anybody in the Oval Office, if they own the voting booths and the software for the voting no. booths. Yeah, and you and you put out uh, one of your videos talking about how uh, they basically added all this legislature uh, to basically allow for mail-in voting. You don't need an ID. And ba- damn near you can just call in on an 800 line and vote in, you know. And that, that's what scares me because they've set it up truly at a point where they can manipulate and they can make whatever happen happen the way they want to have it happen with no insight and no overview. Yeah, I don't think it's it. arguable. I'm not trying to be cutesy. I'm not trying to be tongue. By the way, great show, guys. This is one of the smartest podcasts I've ever, ever got to be on. And I'm on podcasts nonstop. This is good stuff. But I'm saying <laughs> not Thank even you. arguable. I'm not even going to have a conversation about it that this election was was an election. It's not election. It's in air quotes election. Joe Biden was not elected. Like that. That's not even arguable. And I think I don't think that's even people going to uh, fight. Like five years from now, I don't think people will even argue about that anymore. It's just going to be accepted. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm wait, I'm just waiting I'm just waiting for that 25th amendment because they were talking about taking the nuclear codes away from Biden. Uh, I'm just waiting for Kamala to become the the first wait, we can't say she's a female because that's uh, you know, identifying as an hate speech. So the first wanna... president. <laughs> oh, they'll they'll celebrate her as a as a female president. They will celebrate her and that's going to be okay. Now, when she was elected as attorney general for California, they danced in the streets because it was the first highly elected official as an Indian American. She was Indian up until she ran with Sniff and Joe. And wait, she's no, Native uh, American? Indian American. Yes. Or Indian, Indian yeah. as in she was India. Indian American. Oh, okay, and, okay. and she campaigned as Indian American and was celebrated. And then she switched. I don't give a rat's rear end what color she is. Just do a good job and protect my rights. Yeah. I don't care less what color people are. Well, that's, I mean that's, that. That's kind but of the no, last the last uh, standard, isn't it? Is like uh, it should just be easy constitutional standard that's uh, you know transparent to everybody, and it's never that. Never that. Potato yeah, head. Potato yeah. heads, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why everybody's focused on you know the color of individuals, like the the first black female pre- like. I mean, I we were just, we were giving I a get, scorecard. Get, go ahead. We were, we were literally literally given a, a a list of grievances in the declaration. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Yep, agreed. I yeah. get feisty in my comments sometimes, and I tell people, 
get that crap out of here. Anytime guys lead with identity politics, get that crap out of here. We're yeah. talking about every American should have the right to protect themselves. And we also should be armed yeah. equally as King George's troops. And they'll say, well, you know, as black as a, as a black man, I don't care. Like, how about as an American? And but, you know, when it's their people, it's totally fine to even we saw Jen Psaki in the White House press briefing room over the last couple of weeks, just hammering and hammering uh, identity straight to identity on all of Sniffin' Joe's picks. And then today, I don't know if y'all saw, did anybody see what Oreo cookies? Which was Oreo's cookies? No, no. Oreo cookies. Uh, like, no, <laughs> that's not a, that's not a uh, euphemism. Actually. Oh, no, Oreo no, cookies. no, no. I did not see Oreo cookie do it. Oreo cookies oh, announced today. They tweeted. Oh my God. Trans people exist. I'm like, can you just give me some sugared up Crisco slathered between two chocolate wafers? Like, get me some, get me some heart <laughs> yeah. attack in a bag and shut up. But they have to say, hey, trans people exist. It's getting shoved down out. I want to get real on you. I want to get real on you, John. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to give you. I want to give oh, you an uncomfortable curveball. Can we do that? Are we at the? Are, oh, we, are we close enough there? Okay. Good luck. All right. All right. So Good here's luck. the curveball. The curveball is so you know everything. It, it's it's so strange because everything that you're describing is is perfect to uh, kind of punctuate. Like if we if we took everything that you're writing and put on a post-it note, and then we took a big whiteboard that was empty, and we started slapping it up there. So it's every point from, you know, Oreo cookie, which has no business in, you know, having some kind of like, you know, uh, like, you know, sexual or racial orientation messaging for social engineering, all the way to like the, the, the possibility of uh, election engineering when we were supposedly, you know, we, we should have the, the, the highest security for a nation state you know, supposedly we have, yet we can't, we can't maintain our own elections. We, we, uh, you know, we have riots in the street. We have socialism popping up everywhere. If we took all these things, put them on post-it notes, slap them on a whiteboard, and then we tried to like put it into a picture, right? Does it seem like when you were particularly talking about the election cycle, how you said, you know, it wouldn't really matter if it was, and I'm paraphrasing you here. So correct me if I'm wrong. But when you said, you know, it, it wouldn't really matter if it was Trump, any Republican, when they come up, they're going to be getting the hard time from everybody. They're going to be getting a hard time on Twitter. They're going to be getting silence. They're going to get, uh, uh, you know, they're going to they're going to be shut down in the media. Uh, the MSM is going to run smear stories on them, like all of this stuff. Right. The, the corporations, like the people that are involved, the CEOs, they're going to uh, with with impunity. Uh, slander, you know, so all these, all these elements, when you, when you look at it and stand back and look at it, does it feel like this is being set up like a giant T-ball waffle ball? To what end? To having, are you talking about the great reset? No, I'm talking, ta- ta- I'm, ta- I'm, I'm not saying this is no, no package deal, no nothing, just straight from the heart. When I look at all this stuff and I imagine it visually in my head and like slap all these unrelated things on there that are seemingly unrelated and I go, what, what is going on here? I'm looking at it. I cannot help but see the picture of some, some umpire that is not wearing a jersey coming out and setting up a giant t-ball to set this whole thing up. And that we are thinking that we're playing, you know, waffle ball and we are not playing waffle ball. <laughs> 
Does that make any sense, or do I need to should I elaborate more? No, no, I get it. The y'all know the phrase. Have you ever heard this? Like to the to the economist, all wars are mm-hmm. economical. Like an economist would look at the last twenty years of, of we us sending kids overseas is all about oil and money. Um, you know, to the military general, all wars are fought over territory and strength. To the you know to the religious scholar, to the theologian, our oil wars were actually about the side of worlds, the individual side of worlds. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And so I think for me, when you're when you when you were sitting up the wiffle ball or sitting up the golf ball onto the tee, you know, part of me, I cannot separate my worldview from my Christianity. And I'm a, I'm a terrible Christian. I cuss way too much. And I need Jesus in my life a lot more than I have him. And I'm not being cutesy. Like, I'm not a very good Christian. And I'm mean and I'm smarmy and I smarted off at somebody today and I'm unforgiving and I'm a gossip. Oh, my gosh. I love to gossip. But. When you start sitting that T-ball up, I'm like, yeah, it's because the world is, you know, it's half half of the world is run by a bunch of devil worshiping pagans that predi- that are predators yeah, on children. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, part of me is like that. The other part of me is like, all right, man has a choice in what we do, and we're. I, I do agree idiots. with you. I do agree with you. And I, just for the record, just for the record, just throw it out here because I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave you hanging. Okay. Dugan and Johnny both agree, literally in a literal sense, that. There's a great satanic element here. I just want to put that out there for the record. Is that is that correct? Or I, I don't want to speak for you. Dark, Dark agrees too. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't get I don't get into this stuff very often. I mean, I have I have a degree in theology, and so part of me is, you know, looks at it through those lenses, and I also have a degree in communication, and so part of me is looking at it as a communicate. I'm a communication professor. I think y'all know that. And so part of it, me is looking through those lenses. And I, so I get so conflicted to talk about the great golf ball yeah. on the tee. Well, that's, I think that's really what Somebody, we're about. An, that's another really what we're about, Johnny, is like, is uh, trying to help people understand what this game is. I think that's, I think that's really where we're at. Well, I love it. I absolutely love, we're looking at 30,000 foot. I love the 30,000 foot view. Um, I make fun of Oreo cookies for what they did today, but the real question is when you have people with microphones, what are they telling our children? I had a a YouTuber just the other day holler at me, and she just said this. She said, Johnny, do you think we're living in the end times? And I'm like, oh, my Lord. I have been so in the YouTube gun world for so long that I have forgotten about even these conversations about the end times. I'm like, I don't know. The old preacher that I remember a guy in high school said, even if these are not the end times, they're your end times. So if all things go well and I lay off the Oreo cookies – if I can lay off the Oreo cookies, I've got about another 30 years here on Earth, 35 years max. Like, guy, I'm 6'5", almost 6'6". Six, six. Guys my size don't live And in you love Oreos. And I love Oreos. So, you know, <laughs> me and Mr. Potato Head, we uh way too much mashed potatoes in my life. So, I don't know. These are my end days. I love that we're at least looking. I said all that to say this. I have no idea, and I don't think anybody knows, because I think there is the man behind the curtain, and he doesn't show his hand very often. Or he, show, or he shows his hand, or he shows his hand all the time. I, I, I 100% agree. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like a philosophy class. It's just, or is the hand too close? Too, too close to touch. <laughs> Sometimes you can't see the no, forest we, we, the trees. 
Yeah, we t- we typically talk about you know how um, looking back at history, how we typically come to where we are nowadays, and we always try to focus on how people can become more independent and more self sufficient, so nobody can turn off a valve on their water, their food, yeah. whatever it may be. And you know, we we try to add and not just try to glorify or this or that. We just want people to kind of get a backstory on how things have became where they are and then also try to open up to you know how you can become more independent but this right here is like freaking you know super amazing chat man like i i genuinely freaking you know excited that you're on here and you're you're this is this is awesome. I, I really have nothing else more. Well, to let me say let me tell you something. I'm not. I don't throw Thank out there you. very often. And you know, I, I just told you I'm a teacher. I rarely talk about that, and I don't try to be impressive. I have a degree of this. It's just saying, hey, these are the lenses I look through. I think anybody that sat in school as long as I yep. did made bad choices in their lives. I'm not kidding. I am deadly serious in that. No one should sit in as much school as I sat through. And you you you're wasting your life. Amen. And I, and I mean that. Um, well, you know, maybe some guy that comes back from Iraq with PTSD and he, you know, he doesn't want to work or can't work. All right, go sit in school and go learn guitar. Like, I don't have a problem. With Welcome to socialism, by the way, when you get back from theater. Yeah. But <laughs> I, uh, personally, uh, I, I opted for early retirement at uh, a young age, 15. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I will say this, and I'm going to give you a little perspective that I'm not able to give, give to many people. I assign, I deal with college freshmen and I assign all the time. Hey, go, go give a speech. I don't care what you speak on. I'm doing it next week, all week, all week long. Hey, you're going to give a speech. I don't care what you talk about. I care how you talk. So I just teach on, I teach process. Here's how you communicate well with people, engage an audience, make chins come up and talk. And it's fantastic to see what 17 and 18 year olds come up with. They, and I mean, y'all are going to get this so quick. They instantly, at least a third of the class, talk in every class for years, for a, you know decades now. They talk about the bad things that make humans humans. Hi, guys. Today I want to tell you about recycling and how we're destroying the earth. Humans are bad. And I'm like, no, corporations are bad. The top 16, the top 16 shipping ships do worse and put more garbage in this world than every automobile combined. It's those 16 ships that do more than every car. Your Prius is doing more damage than it's doing good. So stop it. That's me. But they're back to. But they're programming. They are. And y'all are are already two steps ahead of me. They are coming out of these schools. And then, you know, as old cranky guy saying, public school is bad. They are coming out of these schools absolutely programmed that right-wingers are bad, left-wingers and social programs are wonderful. Suck off the government tip the rest of your life. Here's a, here's, here's a perspective I have never said out loud. I've never told anybody else this. If you give a group of students a problem, and I'm not, t- I'm not asking you this, I'm telling you this. I've seen it a, literally a thousand times. You throw any problem at a group of students. Hey, guys, uh, here's a thing going on in this community. What do you think we should do? Here's another problem. What should we do? Uh, people are, you know, 
a small, tiny, tiny percentage of people in our communities are dying of the COVID. Tiny percentage. What should we do? All of them. It doesn't matter if you're talking about disease. You're talking about the condition of our, our water, our economy. Every single student, every one of them, their answer is throw governmental money at it. And it's so ingrained mm-hmm. that even my people and my followers, and I have to hit them all the time, and I got a bunch of people that follow me around for who knows what reason. They got bad decisions in their life. They are always asking, can't we start a government program to fix this? I'm like, the answer is not more money flowing through the federal government, but it's, yeah. they, they own us. Throw money yep, at the There wall. you go. There's some, I, I there's would some like perspective. To, if I could, I would like to alley-oop that with something uh... – uh, that the our usual viewers and uh, our listeners and and any prospective listeners they, they might find it unusual because it it is a little bit different but it's something that's at home here on this podcast. So when Donald T. Trump comes back, yes, please, office. yeah. That, so 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 <laughs> what I wanted to point out, just you, and you you don't have to agree. This is not this is not Johnny's opinion. I just want to throw this out there to chew on. So you know we can we can ascertain and notice that most of the things that we find uh you know threatening to our rights and our liberties are typically uh they're they're typically executed through the conduit of money uh and this goes all the way into johnny had johnny's uh number one video is uh where, where you you shared a thought about um how you couldn't get uh, a gun in Tennessee because guns were gone. And I thought it was, I thought it was a really, uh, it was, it was a very, uh, it's clickbait. Click no, no, it's a very significant, it's a very significant video because the underlying, the underlying truth there is that regardless of how unpopular anti-gun bills are, they don't mean anything when you can shut it down with commerce. And so ultimately, all of our regulatory control, whether it be uh, guns being taken away, uh, whether it be, you know, taxation, like undue taxation, whatever that may mean to you, whether it be, um, you know, speeding tickets or uh, like whatever, it is enforced and executed entirely through the conduit of money. Like, I mean that in the sense of an electrical system, like, where do the volts, how do I get shocked? Well, you have to be touching electrical system. What I'm saying is that your, li- your rights, the, the only common factor, no matter how you cut it, the only way that your rights get taken away historically and contemporarily are when you touch the electrical wires of money. It's exactly where. And where we're moving as a society is to where you don't have a choice to let go of the electrical wire. I mean, we're, we're already past that, but... I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there because because of what Johnny just said, where he's seeing the indoctrination of children in schools and how they are programmed, which is an appropriate word. They're certainly programmed to have a unison answer of money. And what I wanted to point out is that although on the surface level that can seem like sad because it could be materialist. And we're, and we're saying like, oh, I wish the kids weren't so you know, material focused. The reality is, is that the reason that they are focused on that answer is because that is what the king pushes. And the reason why the king has to push it is because the conduit of your control is money. And if you shake loose from it, then it'll have no effect on you. 
I knew a guy one time who went down this pathway, and he ended up at a car dealership with an assayer. Is it an assayer or assayer? Who's the one that, that you give your gold to that they, they transferred into, into cash? A gold stick. Yeah, gold like, a, like a gold he bullion was a, yeah, yeah. He ended up at I know I know this guy. He ended up at a car dealership because he removed himself from society so far to the point that he ended up having to count out gold coins, hand them to some dude with a measuring thing to be able to buy a truck for his farm. And like to your point, I'm oh my gosh, yeah, you can't get out of this system now. Like you have to be in the system. You have to pay with American currency to get your driver's license and to be able to drive on the roads and to have freedoms like do they own us? Are we so far? Is the cat so far out of the bag that we can't be removed from this system? That's the question. Well, I think I think the I think the answer is if people were here before money. I, I well, I would agree with I would agree with that with that phrase right there. People were here before money, and you know we had common trade. We also had you know colonial script also during that time frame which got bastardized but i mean there was a lot more trading with um commerce and goods and supplies you know at one point in time that had no regulation and we were able to do that i don't know how legitimate that would be to actually try to get back on that standard there'd be a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of hurt people because nobody has uh the ability to actually be able to grow and produce things uh, for trade and commerce. Uh, well, from and what I think I ideologically, think. and I think I think everybody in this com- this conversation is an ideologue on some level. Like we are, you know, we're pure. If it was just this way, things would be better because we're dreamy on. I'm dreamy on too. But what about me? What about my last 15, 20, 30 years that I have here? Like I'm I'm giving all my guns away when I'm sixty. That's thirteen years from now, and I. What, how am I supposed to live? Like, what am I supposed to do for these next 20 years if to separate myself from cash? I happen to like hot water. Like, I really, really, really like hot water. I'm, I'm under a ceiling fan right now. No, John, electricity. Johnny, Can Johnny, I get out of this what I mean, What I mean to propose is, is not, not necessarily an answer. Just an identification of the issue that is, you know, positively identified that's it that's 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 all it is it's, just, it's because it's so you know like one of the things that i've noticed about like media in any of its forms in any of its decades at least since i've been like since i've been alive and what i've interfaced with is that m- no matter what the media medium it's always like m- like money is like completely unrelated to the problems and then and then you know, what I found is by, by when I examine this over and over again, no matter what, no matter who I talk to or what I hear, it is very clear to me that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, an ideal or a, uh, or, or even necessarily a supposition or, or, you know, that somebody should think a certain way, whether a certain problem will be this, the salvation for them. It's that, it's that I'm pointing out that, you know, this is, this is money. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not convenient. It's just it's just what I'm uh, what I see, you know, and that people don't talk about. So that's that's the only reason that I bring that up specifically. If that makes sense. Well, I like it. I don't know if we can get away from it. I I tell my students all the time and I tell viewers nonstop. It's it's not my phrase, but follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. 
I didn't say it earlier, but we're talking about greater Idaho. I had a viewer today mm-hmm. hit me and they said, hey, do you think, and for the viewers that haven't heard about this, five counties in the next election cycle in, Ida, in Oregon are going to vote to join Idaho and, and create a state called greater Idaho. I don't think people are like that'd be awesome if these people voted for independence. And I'm like, y'all, who's got the money in Oregon? Portland has the money. Portland has the resources. Portland has the National Guard. They are not giving up those five counties worth of, right. of tax revenues. They are not letting their state, half of their state, march away and join Idaho. Why? Because of the cash. Follow the money. And I really believe that. Like, like I tell my kids all the time, my own kids, the answer can be mon- can, is always the money. Dad, why did that restaurant close? Well, they didn't have enough money. Why did they move across town? Well, it's because of the money. Why is Lowe's right across the street from Home Depot? Why is Walgreens right across the street from CVS? Well, it's about money. And, yeah, you're not wrong. And I think even back to our point in D.C. and the child sniffer in in Trump, so much of this is financially driven. And if not all of it is financially driven. I made a comment on my channel about six months ago. And I don't mean this disrespectful to veterans. You know, I put my hand over my heart when I talk about veterans. Literally, I love vets. I love them. My friends are vets. I am in and around veteran world all day, every day. I did not serve. I, I feel like. Well, and 50% of this podcast is uh, vets. Interesting. Love these guys. Fine. Fine by me. So, people, so we all you want. I'm good. <laughs> okay, no, we're good. not Marines. We're not Marines. But I made a comment. I said, you know, on some level, one slice of the pie. I held my hand, my hands up. Just one slice. One slice of the pie is you were overseas yeah, fighting for oil. I completely agree. Because we were, I was in a class one time, and I said something about um, about kneeling. Because there's a whole brouhaha on kneeling, and I'm ready right now. I'm about to go to the local university and kneel with the black basketball players. I'm getting close. I'm about to go kneel with them during the national anthem. I know. I'm dangling that out there, but I am, because just because of reasons. I no, I, I have no issue with kneeling because, believe it or not, Colin Kaepernick actually asked military veterans, uh, Navy SEALs, and Marines, asking what's the most patriotic thing he can actually do, and they said, "Take a knee." You know, we wouldn't be offended by that, and everybody wanted to say military vets should be offended or are offended, but no, he literally asked well, well, people about that, and well, I have no. Issue I gotta with be. I gotta be contrarian here. Just I to throw the point. So that don't I, you don't I don't have any. Country. I don't have any. Who's making it a uh, martini? Yeah. I don't have any problem with. Uh, I don't have any problem Somebody. with uh, anyone expressing themselves uh, from their heart. What I find very devious is that uh, you know, like I'm, and and this is a uh, this is a supposition, right? So I could be wrong. I'm a pretty good judge of uh, shit that you know I don't really know, uh, but I can deduce. And uh, I'm going to say that the kneeling thing is not organic and uh, it's not coming from people's heart. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I am offended at the kneeling. I think it's a bunch of morons. I roll my eyes and I reserve the right to call them morons to their face and behind their back. However, and our local basketball team here knelt last week. It's a big, big deal. East Tennessee State University, the players knelt. I'm offended and I'm calling them a bunch of morons. However, the government, the state government is now proposed a bill to force those kids to stand the national anthem. Oh, now I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready to go roll around on the ground with them. Call you. Call me whatever. 
Oh, hell yes. And I agree. I agree yep. with you 100%. The minute they try to force you yep. and tell you you can't do something, so that's not American. Kid, he was talking about that. And I was like, uh, we were talking about kneeling, and he was a vet. And I was like, listen, brother, how do you feel about this? And he said, oh, I fought in Afghanistan for their right to kneel. And I'm like, you know, this is going to hurt. And this is just me. And I am not disrespecting anybody besides the Air Force. <laughs> like, none of none, there's no yeah. judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. There's there's no nobody's getting disrespected. As we're long good. as just the and air force. Love and you Coast guys. Guard, like, we're love good. you guys. I get it. Like you <laughs> and it sucks to have to go do all of that crap and get PTSD or like lose your, you know, fingers and your body's beat up after twenty years. Your neck, you got a fused neck and your back screwed up, all to get a GI bill. Like I get it. Like I get it. It's it's a it's a effed up world. However, you did not go to Afghanistan for my right to kneel and freedom. You weren't fighting for freedom. You were fighting for oil and um, and opium yep. and the CIA. Well, hang on, hang on. If, gonna throw, if we're going to throw, if we're going to throw all that out there, Again, we're going to throw all that out there. All money. I want to put in that the Middle East wars are in a giant circle around Israel. That's what I'm going to put out there because it's true. I want to put. I'm, not, I'm going to put it out there. Yep, it's yep, just the, yep. it's Agreed. the case. Agreed. There's multiple slices in this pie, yeah. but one big yeah, fat slice is oil. Of course, which is very tragic. And people got so mad at me, guys. They got so – I lost subscribers. People got so mad that I would, like, throw out there. Now, my son, you know, people, like, were serious. Like, my son, no, he fought for freedom. Like, no, he didn't. It's he absolutely – GI Bill. It's, abs- and it's absolutely true. Fight. And what's, what's, what's tragic about it yep. is that, you know – where we are as a country is that we take our youngest people and we bribe them into fighting our wars, which is something that all empires have always done. And for us to think that we're above it is very naive and dangerous because ultimately it's a disservice to our people and to our future generations. And furthermore, you know, like, you know, in my own experience, like I was very taken back returning to the United States after Iraq because it came back and I didn't have the, the day-to-day lukewarm transition that everybody else did. It was like, you know, you know, particularly before cell phones were, you know, the uh, smartphones were around, you get back and it's like you're, you're skipping years. So you can see, you get the distaste for the right. change, the slip into socialism and nobody else gets it. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that's one of the big, um, you know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a very positive perceptual thing when service members get back, but they, they're not allowed to, you know, they're not promoted to talk about it or to uh, voice about it. And so they, they almost limit themselves in like understanding it. There's a definite perception when you come back from war of like watching this progress of whatever you want to call this, that's going on, this transition into endless, endless infinitum progress that is socialism when you get back, you'll notice the difference from when you left. And they're not – the people are freer. It reminds me – it reminds me of the scene in The Hurt Locker when Jeremy Renner's character is overseas defusing bombs and doing his stuff and listening to rock and roll and punching his buddies in the face. And he's literally in life and death. And then, bang, instantly – He's in a grocery store in Wichita Falls trying to pick out cereal, and he couldn't pick out the cereal. There's bright too colors. many, too many choices, and it was the 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 bright colors and the contrast of that elevator music in the grocery store 
was just remarkable. I've got guys with a thousand yard stare in almost every class I teach. And I teach college freshmen, but I always have 27, 28 year olds. And I spot them when I walk in, they are all on the back row. They're always sitting with their, with their face to the door. I mean, I had a guy that spent a full year in the Kandahar Valley and like we're, you're talking about the 2000 yard stare with that kid. He was, he was done. He had given up his psyche for America and it's tough, man. It is tough with this, these kids coming in on the GI bill. It is Yeah. Brutal's the right word. Yeah. I, I feel for them big time. And they love me. They love me. I'm like, I make fun of them. They make fun of me. And like, I get it. Like, like they call me by, just by my last name and it's hilarious. And they call everybody there by their last name and they're yes, sir. No, sir. But the great thing is they do what they're told. You ask them to do a project. They buddy, they will do it. And it's good. I always have good experience with those guys, but if they break my a heart, caveat, a caveat to that, because there was a, a somber note, a caveat to that is that, uh, you know, especially if you're a young guy that's transitioning out or going in, whenever you rotate back, just remember that, like, we need your help here because we're, uh, we're losing our rights and uh, we know that you're a hero, but we want you to be our hero here for us. And we don't have anybody fighting for us, you know? Yep. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Not only are we losing our rights, we are willingly removing them and setting them on the shelf ourselves. It, it being rused, not even understanding what's going on. And it's all for money. Uh, we have a gentleman in here. Um, he said, uh, and yes, he may be the chair force. He's a good guy. He will be a future guest here soon. Uh, but he said, when you put on that uniform, you stand up for all Americans' rights. And totally he just agree. has to say that. And no, we agree with that. Uh, the, th- the things that we do over there might not be for the rights of Americans. But at the end of the day, uh, what we symbolize is the right for all Americans to have our freedoms and, you know, all of our rights and everything else and support this Constitution. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are getting jaded. There's a lot of people uh, that are getting, you know, manipulated and shown a whole bunch of things by these talking heads or Facebook, YouTube, whatever it may be, trying to put them in the algorithms to manipulate these people to not stand up for themselves or not be, you know, community leaders. And the one thing that I think that they should realize just from me uh, and even Dugan being a part of it. Um, is legitimately we have more respect and discipline where we have basically been trained and built to become leaders for, you know, our civilian brethren and to help be able to push, you know, um, you know, our, our, our freedoms here, you know, in the U.S., all nonviolent, but at the end of the day, all being able to show that you know, we tried defending and doing what we could. We ended up finding out it was some fake stuff here or there. But at the end of the day, we still have it in our heart to but, support this country and support but, everybody but in we it have to, for whatever I think they want to say or do. To realize is and, that, you know, you know we're, we're we find freedoms. ourselves as Americans in a position where we don't have, uh, you know, we, we don't have anybody batting for us. So we, we don't have, like, there is no candidate that is like, 
you know, here's the constitution. I'm going to read it. You're going to read along with me and then we're going to do it. And anybody that doesn't want to do it, they get the penalty of violating the constitution. You know, we don't have anybody that does it anymore. It's a, it is a, I mean, it's the, the most simple thing, a president of the United States in particular, which is these days is basically, basically been, you know, shifted into the position of like a more, more like a monarchy through the, um, you know, all of the uh, executive independent agencies that are not elected, by the way, and were not a part of the original Constitution that have all come about since uh, post-World War II. The, uh, the entire commander's intent, so to speak, for, for military personnel is dictated in the Constitution. We have no politicians that can follow it because our command intent of the Constitution has been replaced by money. And it is, it is every day, it is, it is siphoning down the level of the power of the constitution to the point where, you know, like young people have not read the constitution, you know, it is, and, and if they do read it, they, they can't understand it partially because it, you know, no. they're, they're not reading much, but the other reason is because they're pumped with lies about how the second amendment, you know, doesn't mean shall not in French and how it means a, uh, you know, like a federally funded militia that is the uh, active army, you know. So it's a lot of deception. And the point of all this is that, you know, we, we like you're not going to be given the opportunity nor the command from somebody that is in the uh, institutional authority to defend the Constitution in a, in a, you know, like in a real way, in an everyday way that affects actual people. And so we're left going overseas and fighting wars in places that, you know, the people that are 19 and 18 years old going over there, they probably can't spell. And so, you know, at least, or Americans back here at least can't spell. If you took an 18-year-old off the street, they're not going to be able to spell Azerbaijan or Djibouti or something like that. Now, we have real problems here in the United States, concrete problems of people having legitimate rights that are on paper that everyone has to acknowledge legally exist. They're violated every day. And we don't have any kind of ability through our governmental organizations to stop it. Uh, the best we can do is a sheriff, you know, declaring that they're not going to enforce violations of the second amendment, but. Oh yeah, your your state is freaking awesome. You guys put in a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of laws, and then we also just heard about the sheriff. I might have heard it on Johnny B's uh, uh, YouTube oh, uh, channel today, but no, I, I completely agree. And I don't mean to cut you off, Dugan, but this is me being starry eyed right now. Um, I would love. Uh, obviously it ain't going to happen with this president, but the next president, if the the first presidential speech over tv youtube and all this he literally came out and just started reading the constitution and the bill of rights and said this is what we're getting back to i know it will not happen but that is something that you know i i will dream and be starry-eyed about and like i said i know it's not going to happen but that's something that i i would like to see i would like to see the american populace start rising up with their voices and telling their politicians and whoever the next president is going to be, this is what we need to start focusing on. And like I said, it, it's not yeah. going to happen. I think, but uh, that I'm I think the biggest thing, you know, that. what Johnny said, he said he's a, a single issue voter. 
Second Amendment. And I said, I think that's profound, and I, and I mean that. It seems simple, right? Like, w- one issue voter. It is, it is absolutely, you know, it, it is primal, the Second Amendment, because it's, it's no matter how hard you get tricked, regardless of the era or what kind of social engineering is going on or, or you know, silly games that they're playing, if you can hold on to the guns, then they can't at least kick the last stone down. You know what I mean? It's very important. Yeah, they can. Like, it is the linchpin that mm-hmm. holds everything else together, and it is the final. I'm not being dramatic. It is the final thing that the plebeians, we plebeians, have against the government. It's it. Like, if you take the guns away, that is it. We have the killing fields of the Khmer Rouge within oh, yeah. five years, if not ten years. Like, it's done. And you cannot show anywhere in history. A people group that was disarmed were now, bad a, things. A caveat did not to that. Happen. Caveat to that. And this is a little more yeah. esoteric, I guess. Yep. But it shouldn't be. The, the 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 Second Amendment is is primal. I think that the second component of that is money. Insofar insofar as that there are, you know, you can achieve disarming by getting a people to think that their best interest and their their interest of their you know their ability to defend themselves is in a revolutionary effort that then turns around and just gives them communism anyway. You know what I mean? Like, like you can, you can trick people and say like, well, they're trying to trick, they're trying, they're trying to take your guns. And so let's like, uh, take your economy, you know, give it to us. We'll manage everything. And then we're going to feed you your bullets. You don't produce the bullets. Your bullets get produced somewhere that you don't see your, uh, metals for your bolt carrier groups come from a place that you don't see, uh, your powder gets made in factories that are all compliant with our regulations, yada, yada. And then in that regard, when we can't have our own powder stores, just like at Lexington and Concord, we can be, we can be pied pipered along into a mm-hmm. controlled conflict that the media covers, you know, or a conf- controlled theater, like over a period of an entire conflict period. Theoretically, we can be guided into it. And then the whole time we, we, we think that we're safe. You know, and so I think ultimately the two things go hand in hand and that the Second Amendment is the simpler aspect of it to focus on and therefore more important because it's easier to grasp and it's it's very immediate. But I think in terms of like a long term, uh, you know, picture of, of like of like how they're going to get in through the back door, obviously, like in your stream, you said you couldn't get a gun in Tennessee. Well, that's economic driven right because there's not because a guy because how how supply and demand works if you can't buy a gun in tennessee that's when you start hobbling one together in your garage and selling it but we have regulation now where you can't do that so the supply line can stop because everybody's following the rules because everybody's economically inundated and controlled you see you, you get what i'm saying I do, and I think it comes back to the point of, you know, to, to the theologian, all wars are driven by ideology. I think we, it's really interesting hearing your perspective. I don't know how you describe yourself, but maybe to the self-sustaining man, uh, all of this stuff is economic driven. Well, it's, if you think about it, it's like, you know, we did, like, if you think back, Lexington and Concord are about powder stores, right? And they made their own powder, and the, and the king wanted to seize seize that so that he could control the the potential of energy of resistance right right off the bat you know because he knew that it was going to be decisive so in that it just seems like a very recurring thing that happens through history 
And so I just think it's, it's important to mention that we don't have silos with powder stores anymore because our weapons are advanced and our technology is advanced. But we have had systematically over decades, despite everybody, I'm sure you just like me, I hated seeing things get made in China. So it used to, at least when I was a kid, you're older than me. So I'm sure you remember when nothing was made in China except for a couple things that came in and they were all very extremely low quality and avoided. Yeah, fireworks, right? Yeah. And then we went from that. Fireworks, that's about despite, it. Despite everyone's, you know, it, it's, it was almost like we were just held hostage <laughs> while everything just got shipped out, you know? And now it's like you can't get anything unless it says made in China on it. And in a way, even though it's not Chinese that are making our firearms or ammunition or, or, or the primers or the powder, there are, you know, like particularly like powder manufacturers, they're all ISO compliant. They're all, you know, OSHA compliant. They are completely walking to the drum. So like there is no radical uh, free enterprise of like making the the, the, the blood of our liberty through, through like arms in particular. And so that's, that's what, that's why I mentioned that if, if I, it's kind of a, it's kind of a deep topic. And so it's probably not the best thing to end on, but I just thought, I thought I would bring it up because it goes hand in hand with guns. The second amendment. Yeah. Agree. Hey, um, I, I I completely agree. Also, and uh, I, I'm just gonna kind of give y'all a little little backstory, just to interlude into something that I saw multiple times. Uh, my grandmother, my family's from France. Uh, my grandmother uh, actually fought against the Nazis in France, and her husband. Uh, was a uh, French Air Force pilot that was dropping supplies behind enemy lines and stuff like that. Um, and my grandmother actually, or not my grandmother, my great-grandmother, uh, you know, rest her soul, she remembers the Nazis actually kicking in her door. And, you know, she's told us stories about this. Uh, but one thing I, I, I want to bring up, it, adding to the whole Second Amendment, is there was a lady that was going around to college, uh, college campuses. I think she spoke in front of uh, Congress um, and a couple of international things and at some colleges, uh, and she was a Holocaust survivor, and she said, plain and simple, the first thing that they do is they take your right to defend yourself. They take away your firearms. Never give those up because once you give them up, you give them free reign to be able to put their boots on you and, you know, manipulate and push you whichever yeah. way they want. And, you know, that's a that's a sobering sight. And, and that's it. something that we can't imagine in our generation. But it is something that happened and it's happened time well, and time again. Go ahead, Dark. did it by obviously they, they weren't authentic. Right. They had said, hey, guys, you know, we're having a lot of because obviously Hitler was you know, voted into power and they had said, hey, guys, we're having a lot of problems with criminals stealing legal guns. So what we need to do to track them better is to have everyone that owns a firearm come into the police stations and register them. So everyone being good, you know, uh, sober, you know, uh, you know, good people that are, you know, um, coming in to follow the, the rules. And being good boys, they come in and uh, 
register their firearms. And a couple months later, maybe not even that, that much time had gone by, um, they had come back and said, hey, guys, unfortunately, it's not working. Um, you know, firearm crime has even increased. So we are going to come take your firearms. So obviously they needed the, um, uh, you know, registration first. They needed the list first and they did it by being dishonest and they needed people willing to give up and their they did ability it through a to protect ruse of protecting their own people that's the bad thing the the moment that a government is like hey we're doing this for free to help you that's a problem you know that just like they did with our water right hey we're going to put fluoride in the water so we can protect your teeth god bless your teeth you know, they did it so they can dump aluminum runoff in our water and not have to, you know, dispose of it properly. You know, same thing with the ATF braces. Hey, we're going to, you know, give you a free SBR tax stamp and we're going to expedite it for you. No, you want a registration for firearms. It's constantly they're doing these things that are, you know, are a ruse. Um, I, I do. I know we're, we're coming down to the end. Uh, we've been here for an hour and a half. And Johnny, I'm. Very, very grateful for your time, man. Um, this has been really cool. Um, I do have a question. I don't just necessarily want to jump into it if you guys do first. So um, before we start rolling on on out of here, guys, who, who else has any questions? I'm good with the, uh, the questions. The only thing I'll say, because um, I'm going to ask you to, to talk to Johnny after this, is uh, Johnny, one of the first people to give us a platform with a lot of subscribers, uh, Mr. Matt from yeah. CRS Firearms, um, in the comments, he said that uh, he would love to work with you. Uh, we put him in contact with James Reeves, and something's going to happen, a collabo uh, between them. We would love to be able to help out everybody that supports us uh, and anybody who's willing to chat with us. And try to build everybody up the best we can. Um, you know, we want to make this a community uh, without having any contracts or guidelines. And just try to help everybody that's looked yeah, out man. for everybody here. So, you know, that's all That's all I'll ask. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll go from there. Any, so other anyone than that, that uh, you. obviously, you know, you're, you know, much deeper in the game than uh, we are. Uh, but uh, if there's any connection that, uh, that you want, try me. We may have a connection to some peeps that... Uh, you know, could be mutually beneficial. Um, so my, my question is, um, you uh, have referenced uh, on several different occasions. Um, yeah, I'm here. You still there, Johnny? Okay, cool. So you've referenced on several different occasions um, that you use the term plandemic, right? And um, this is interesting, and hopefully our stream stays up after <laughs> this. Um, so we found that um, one of the Rothschilds um, took out a patent in 2015 for specifically for COVID testing and uh, for COVID-19 testing. And we find that very, I find that very uh, interesting. And four and a half years later, after COVID hit, um, there were three additional patents taken out for testing tracking smart smartphone device tracking um number one were you aware of that number two what are your yeah i've been aware of that for a number of years and then also all the the stuff that bill gates has dumped a bazillion dollars into 
vaccines. Yeah, and the farmland, all of it. And farmland. You know, I think where I'm at, because there's some things I'm willing to, like hills I'm willing to take a stand on. <laughs> like, I don't know about aliens. I don't really know. I love talking to aliens. Mm. I don't really know. Bigfoot? All right, I'm, I'm willing to take a stand on, like, I'm halfway up the hill on Bigfoot. I'll plant that flag about halfway up the hill and say, yeah, I think there is a North American ape. Probably. I don't know about aliens. I'm out, out, I'm not even on the hill on that one. But I'll get up on the hill and die on a few things. Like, if you <laughs> use the font Comic Sans, we're going to have a fight. Like, I'm not, we're, like, for real, like, we're not, we're not having an argument about that. Like, like, like you're dead to me. If you use Comic Sans, you are dead to me. I need to change my email. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, to, because like, you're an adult. Uh, Helvetica now, and, apparently. Uh, no, I am merciless <laughs> on, on Comic Sans. And, you know, it's kind of like I was taking a stand earlier on on the election. Like, I'm not arguing that. Like, something fishy happened. I got into a, a conversation today on, on Sandy Hook. And I'm like, it's just fishier than a, fishier than a can of sardines. But with the, mm-hmm. with the, with the, the coof... Yep. And what's going on in the last year, I think for some, the handwriting was on the wall, like Bill Gates, like he knew something was up. I don't think it was a mastermind plan. I think the left, because of Donald Trump, and I'm about halfway up the mountain on this one, I'll plant the flag right here. Just kind of medium, kind of medium strong on this. I think they never let the crisis Mm -hmm. go to waste. And boy, did they ever do that. It took them a little bit. Because at first Fauci was like, you know, no masks, no masks at all. But 90 days later, which we're coming up uh, here in a few weeks to the uh, 15 days to flatten the curve. They I was about they rode the this tragedy <laughs> into the ground and they have destroyed the economy. They have destroyed the fabric of family life. They've taken a birthday away from every every kid that I know. They've taken like. I don't know if we recover from this in a lot of ways, especially socially. So the goal of the Marxists is to tear down the nuclear family. That's one of the major things they have to do. And they have us, mm-hmm. they have us now where we're consumers to the point where women don't have children anymore. They've given up their uteruses to be able to go to work. And so they've te- they're slowly destroying the nuclear family. You can't do anything. And I said this on the Warrior Poet Network the other night. You can't do anything anything that made the Andy Griffith show, the Andy Griffith show is now persona non grata. Like you can't do any of that stuff. I think, and I'm planting the flag Mm -hmm. there. I don't think this was a master masterful plan. I think the powers that be when the coup started or whatever got out of the Wuhan clinic or whatever, I think they did a masterful job over 90, 90 days to 180 days of destroying America. And yet here we now are. Wanna, and we let me, let me get back on the curveball here. Quick, quick one. Okay. Could they have pushed yep. such a, I mean, the, the COVID, you know, period, this entire period has been so strikingly against the, uh, you know, fundamentals of the United States and the people and not in their interests, like absolutely inconvenient in every possible way from interrupting work to economics to, you know, social, um, you know, interruption, family disruption. It's very inconvenient. Could they have done that and pulled it off in the way that they did if there was not the figure of, of the opposition of Donald Trump and like the image of the right, would it be more obvious 
Would it be so obvious that people wouldn't accept it? I don't know if they would have done it if it wasn't been, if it wouldn't have been for Donald Trump. I think their hatred of him blinded them so much, and we're lumping a whole lot of people. People are on a spectrum, but if we can just push all those people into one box, I'll say them as one group. They hate him so bad they are blinded to all things other than him. So are they willing to shut down schools and but shut if he, down if he wasn't in order if he wasn't there, get him out of there? Yes. What would it look like if they tried to pull all that off? I don't think they tried to pull it off. I don't think this was a well, okay, at least because I don't think as far as they pushed it, do you think that think they do you think that they could free? have pushed it or would have pushed it the way that they did and be as uh, insistent as they were if there wasn't the element of the uh, opposition? I've I've never thought about this before, but my knee jerk I think it's a great point, but my knee jerk reaction is that Donald Trump was the catalyst yeah, for them to push that hard in the other sure. direction. I think they would have done something, but I think because they hated Donald Trump that bad, okay. they're willing yeah. to shut down Very American football on Friday nights. I haven't been in a classroom in a year. I haven't been in my office on campus in a year. One year. Yep. Damn. Damn, that's crazy, bro. Well... Short but well, sweet. Short but I don't know sweet. if good we episode. have much more to add to this. I, I don't want to try to cut no, it short or anything. Uh, does anybody else? Great. Yeah, because this was beautiful. Um, so, uh, Johnny, do you have anything I think, you want to I think say we can call this episode, Johnny. We have to, so to run the first one that you can come with, so that's really it. Sure. There's no, there's no or, take backs. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or it could be uh, write it down right now. Oh Donald my Trump god! Which, okay, we'll give you the. We'll let you choose. You can choose between the two. I like oh, the first. I think god. the first one's yes. spicy. <laughs> all problems. All problems in this world are created other? because of our dependence on title. American yeah. currency. The, well, that's, that, yeah, that no. fits the I'm show. That's a lot, a lot of words. Of words on the show. I need a dictionary. No, you're right. I mean. It, do I have your permission to <laughs> yes. um, make it concise as long as it'll fit? Uh, I think we lost Dugan. Um, is, is, is something yeah. around that? Because I think that does Johnny hate the military? Uh, no, the um, um, you know what you had said about uh, you know all bad things happening due to a dependency. Yes, do you have my permission to do whatever? I don't care. Have at it. You're not going to offend me. Okay. I'll find a good one. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> no, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you so much for being on here, and we look forward to all your new content, and uh, hopefully we can uh, help Yeah, I appreciate you guys. One of, and I, and, I mean what I said know, earlier. Thank this you is again, man. Probably the smartest podcast I've ever – I've never been around people that were literate, so this was pretty cool. Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, if if there's – Hey, hey, uh, we, were, we were surprised – or. I was surprised, literally, when you automatically <laughs> knew what uh, yeah. giving you the thank you so, thank you so much. And I'm like, wait, he yeah. actually listened to our stuff. <laughs> that was impressive, man. Um, Heck I'll tell yeah, you, man, uh, we appreciate it. Oh yeah, you're back. Awesome. Um, lastly, if there's anything that you could throw out there on your, if you're comfortable, if you want to throw anything out on your channel or on maybe another social media, that would be excellent exposure and. Uh, you know, only if you're comfortable with it, but absolutely we'd be very glad to for that. Take care. Excellent.
Gentlemen, thank you so much. Be safe. Be dangerous. You know, take it easy. Bye.